Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode brought to you by Yahoo Sports Canada. You guys already know the deal. Like, subscribe, share it with your friends. Leave comments. We're all hurting here, but you know what? There's positive, positive things that we could probably take from this five-game losing streak. My name is Iman, and I'm joined by Asad. Asad, what is up? Uh, not a whole lot up, to be honest. It's a whole <laughs> lot down, but uh, we we're can trying get to into be positive. It. We're trying to be positive. <laughs> um, I probably brought the wrong guest on to be positive. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, okay, so the Raptors just lost to the Golden State Warriors. I always love to do this after a win. And the Raptors have been giving me that, at least these pods, <laughs> not just in general, but you know, now five game losing streak. It's been a minute since we've seen a win and their losses to the Orlando Magic, which at the time seemed really painful. Since maybe the Magic are the best team in basketball? Oh no. I mean they beat the they beat the Celtics couple of times they beat the bucks they they stomped the bucks but we're not talking about the orlando magic we're talking about the toronto raptors who just lost to the golden state warriors without stephen curry and without andrew wiggins jordan Poole absolutely went off the raptors could not keep pace on the offensive end or do anything to stop them defensively what are your thoughts on what you've seen in these last five games well, I think we've seen a Raptors team that was built on Vision 6-9, missing its Vision 6-9 guys, and suddenly being completely unable to defend. Uh, uh, every team is putting up 120 points on you, 35 points a quarter. Uh, basically, anytime they play a team that has any little bit of offensive execution, you see the team kind of fall apart. And it makes sense when you have, you know, Christian Coloco in your starting lineup, who should be in, probably be in the G League right now, second-round rookie. And... Of your six nine guys, the only guys you have available are Pascal, Scotty, and Thad Young. Uh, of which, like Pascal's an all world level defender when he's on. Uh, Scotty Barnes is a hit or miss depending on the night, depending on his assignment. Still learning, still young, and Thad Young is you know meant to be the veteran on the team and not supposed to be playing, <laughs> uh, you know, big minutes. But again, these are the six nine guys you have left, and you're missing your two all world defensive guys, and that's kind of what we've seen where the Raptors have basically been completely unable to defend these teams where against Brooklyn, you're able to go toe to toe offensively and take it to literally the buzzer. But as we saw Brooklyn, what went 20 to 23 in the second half or something crazy like that. Like they basically didn't miss uh, from two uh, in the second half. It's just the defense isn't really there and can't really blame them tonight against the Golden State Warriors they had Malachi Flynn play 37 minutes and as you know great as Malachi Flynn is he's not really known as much of a defender of any kind so it's not surprising to see that the Raptors are losing when you look at the people that are getting minutes currently with the current injury situation that the team has but uh what are your thoughts on the Raptors loss- losses because so- I, I don't know what else to take away from it to be honest <laughs> I asked, I asked, a, I, I put out a poll 
uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago where I asked, what do people think the issue is with the Toronto Raptors? Is it coaching? Because I've seen a lot of tweets where people seem to think it is. That got like 6% of the vote. <laughs> no one really thought it was coaching. What really sort of split the difference between what fans really thought it was was either roster construction or players underperforming. And, you know, I I tweeted out that I thought it was an unfair poll because I think they all kind of, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship. Bad roster construction can hamstring coaching on players underperforming, highlights the bad roster construction, so on and so forth. But I do think that it's an important conversation to have. I think everyone's sort of talking about Vision 6-9 and what that is, right? It's it's revolutionary style of playing basketball. It's the idea that what is small ball? Why don't I just go longer? Why don't I have these 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 forwards who can um who can defend all five positions, who you who can run and and that's what the Raptors are sort of built on, right? So I think there's been a huge focus on the offensive end for the Raptors and their inability to score, but the Raptors were never going to be a team that's lights out. They shot the ball pretty well to start the year. Um, but the reason why they were shooting the ball pretty well to start the year is because they were getting out in transition and had a lot of catch and shoot opportunities and guys are going to shoot better in catch and shoot looks. Also Pascal and Fred uh, were, you know, you had OG, you had Pascal, you had Fred, you had your guys there and that kind of opens up the floor for everybody. So when Pascal does draw a double, you've got OG. So I think what we're looking at right now, I think you talked about it with two of the guys from vision six, nine being out of the lineup and watching things crumble, but it's not just on the defensive end. We're seeing it crumble across the board because this Raptors team is built on defense. So when their defense isn't there, their offense is not going to be there. And that's going to be an issue. It's kind of watching this game, especially that Warriors game. It was like, guys, pick a struggle. Like either don't score or don't defend. You can't do both. And that's what we've seen in a few of these games. We saw it in the Pelicans game. We've seen it in in the second Magic game. Uh, And it's been painful to watch. I think those losses in particular, because it feels like the team is taking a step back. And... I think the conversation about roster construction kind of needs to be front and center. We'll talk a little bit about trades and how to fix that. But in order for Vision 6-9 to work, all guys need to be firing on all cylinder. I know you I think, disagree. I think I disagree because I just feel it's an unfair time to like, like you're talking about the quality of the roster, but we didn't, we weren't like, we give this roster no credit when they were healthy and playing really well and playing top 10 level defense and like top 15 offense and like, I wrote an article about defense. them. I gave but I mean, them credit. I mean, I mean, in a general sense, not you particularly. But no, like, I, I mean, in the general sense, it's just like we don't talk about the quality of the team. Oh, so Vision Six Nine is so great. Like we're like, but as soon as like you have a swath of injuries to like your core guys in this thing, like you're not even playing Vision Six Nine. What at what point have the Raptors played five Six Nine guys on the court? Well, like that the five like the lineup that you need Precious and OG to unlock, where you can basically have Precious OG Pascal. And then Scotty and whoever else you want out there, right? Whether it's a Gary Trent, whether it's a Fred Van Vliet, whoever else that fifth person's going to be in that lineup. If you want to go a little bit bigger with a Chris Boucher, who then becomes the worst defender in that lineup, then you have something, right? Right now, they don't have that because they cannot go to it. They're constantly having to play either Christian Coloco, who, again, could be promising two, three years down the line, but is not there right now. Or you're playing a Malachi Flynn. And Christian Coloco, like, you'll look at his numbers and be like, oh, he has some decent defensive numbers. They're not terrible. But his offensive numbers are so poor that, like, there's no there's no five-man lineup that the Raptors even have available to them over the stretch that you could say has five defenders on it or has five offensive players on it. And, like, you can talk about roster construction, but when you lose the entire middle of your roster and then you're saying, oh, this roster is flawed, it's like, well, that's tough, I think, on any roster. I don't know if there are many rosters that can handle that specific 
to like what the construction is. So that's my only like. Okay, here's point on here's it. here's where I here's where I'll push back on that a little bit. Is I think the 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 deficiencies with the idea of Vision Six Nine becomes more apparent if one guy is out. If one of the key guys are out, then I think we're seeing the issue. And I think that that's like yes, we have both Precious and OG out. But if it were just OG and Precious were here, I think we'd still see tons of issues with what this team is doing and and how they're looking right now. If Pascal's out, if if Scotty's out, if one of those key guys are out, I think all of it kind of crumbles. And to me, when we're talking about roster construction. I think, and where I say that there's a flaw, it's not so much that Vision 6-9 can't work. I'm not against having those guys out there. I'm against the idea that you don't have a center. Yeah. <laughs> you, I, you and again, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think the roster when... can be improved. I just feel like when like the discussion of roster construction comes up, it's like, all or nothing like nope it definitely doesn't work and it's like no it's like there are pieces you can teams add are to but that's not yeah. what championship teams are i think if we're looking at like if we're looking at this raptors team as a team that can eventually go on to win a championship and i don't see why they can't to me that like i look back to the raptors in 2019 and i say the raptors in 2019 they could have gone small without a single center on the court they caught could have gone jumbo with Sergi Buck and Marcus Gasol on the court together. They could play in a variety of ways. You can have the smallest backcourt with Fred Van Vliet and, and Kyle, or you can just play a bunch of big guys. It's that versatility depending on the matchup. And I'm looking at the Raptors right now, and I'm like, yeah, if you go up against Joel Embiid, just like you did last year, and it's I think that's fair. I think that's a fair. I think that's fair. And I, I'm not saying the Raptors roster doesn't need to add things. I think they need to add a backline rim de- defender, 100. percent They just don't. They just don't have one, right? Because like it's a one like piece that's completely missing from their defense is that backline rim, rim protection. Because their best person is Precious Achua at it, who has not been available all season, effectively, right? And then their point of attack defense could probably. They could probably use a, another point. Was of attack he a defender. good rim protector to start the year when he was healthy? I think the numbers kind of bear that like wasn't the well, case. Precious did come out in a complete slump, so that's how. But again, last season Precious showed a lot of promise in the back end when he played well. The entirety of Precious Achua's like being a promising player was that he was incredible at the rim Fred Van, and incredible Fred Van defender. Vliet, but Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., and Scotty Barnes all also looked like they took a step back defensively last year. And here's the thing, you're going to look like a better rim protector and the better back line of the defense when your point of attack defenders are better. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Better. I definitely I definitely agree that there is underperformance. There is underperformance. I also think that because of the amount of injuries, you are asking these guys who have no backups to play a ton of minutes because they literally don't have backups because the entire middle of your order is out. Can I push now, back you, again? You, okay, again, no, no, no. Just before you get there, 2019 Raptors, you're talking about them. They went to the finals. They had eight, nine guys. All those eight, nine guys were healthy, though. Like, they, like if you took OG three of those. Hurt. Yeah, OG without, they still had eight, nine guys, right? They still had the eight, nine. Danny if Green took, was basically not take, there. <laughs> take three, take, literally take three of those guys out. And then what do you have? You have the Raptors struggling in that Sixers series, needing, like, superstar Kawhi to take them through right which is like okay fine like but again you can build up to that team right and I'm not saying that we can't build up to that team I think just specifically looking at the team like nope scrap it tank it is kind of a oh, ridiculous statement not, to get I'm, to I'm, I'm but like that's where the conversation we'll kind of builds that. to no, which we'll, I think it's we'll a little ridiculous that. but to me to me it's like we also need to talk about what it means to play everybody up a position when you don't have a center. I'm like, here's the thing. I'm totally fine with Vision 6-9. I love Vision 6-9. I think it's exciting when you have a bunch of 6-9 guys out there. I want to see Scotty run point. I want to see um, this team throw that lineup out there. But I don't think that needs to be 
your starting, like, I don't think that needs to be your team. I think your team needs to be versatile and that can be a lineup that you throw out there where you have a bunch of six, nine guys. And that's kind of what the Raptors are because Fred VanVleet does start for them. I get that. They had Gary Trent starting for them last year as well. Um, But like, to me, when when that is just your team and that is the bulk of it and you don't have a starting center, we're going to see issues where there are tons of injuries because you're asking guys think to play it, up. I don't like, even think Anthony it has Davis, to do. What happens even, when you have okay. to play up? He's hurt Anthony Davis is a ridiculous conversation. Like, we're, no, like here's I'm, the I'm thing. Here's the thing. I, I get it. But like, here's the thing. Like, you can say it's a starting center or just like, like and forget starters or bench. You're talking about quality of players and the roles they fit. The Raptors do not have the role of a backline center. I 100% agree. But when you talk about like Vision 6-9 can't just be your whole team, it's like, well, you can look back through the last like five years and the teams that have won have been the teams that have been able to be like effectively the biggest that they can be while being as switchable as they can be. Whether you look at the Warriors. The Celtics just lost. The The Celtics were bigger and switchier. Uh, I would I would disagree, but they were very poor like executing the ball. They still made the finals though. Like <laughs> I'm just they, saying, like if we're like, talking about who they might have lost, but I'm talking about like teams that are like highly successful have all been very good defenses that can switch and they can take on lots of different uh, things, uh, lots of different looks. The only look the Raptors really miss is having a backline defensive center. They just don't have that piece, and I agree that they need that. But what I'm saying is that like Vision Six Nine is like can still be the core foundation principle of your team you just need to have another piece to it am like I, you don't am need I a going, starting center am i going crazy because we're just i mean i mean i get it they're big there doesn't need to be a starting center i, I agree you just I need a 20 minute center teams. i agree that they're big and they're switchy teams but also let's talk about those teams if draymond have, green can be the have, starting I'm center on your have, championship team then you can pull it off if one of the greatest defenders in the history of basketball can be the starting center of your defensive team one of the greatest, no, but like that's like, the style of player though, like that you're talking but, about. But he's but he's such a like and he's such a unique like Draymond Green. Is he as, that's, like like yes, he's specifically so. unique. But like, is that not the type of defense that you want? Brooke Lopez that you and an OG and, like, and an OB sure, playing? Sure, sure. But like, I think I think precious. I think it matters more the having a like the quantity of roles that you have on your team rather than just, I need this specific look or I need this specific look. It's like, you I need to have a, having you need versatility. To have, yeah. You need to have versatility. But what I'm saying is that it doesn't need to be just so hard stamp. Like we need a starting center. Like we need a starting five. I don't think you need a starting five. I think you just need to have a five that you can trust for 20 minutes. Like if Nick nurse is playing Christian Coloco for his length, 15, 20 minutes a game, even though he's this much of a hole that shows you that he also recognizes that they need someone with that length and hope it works. So, like, if you have a better player in that scenario, even if it's just, like, a baseline player who can pass the ball and defend the rim, that's effectively all you really need to fill that backline role. Like, that's the role that's being filled. I get that. I get that. But we're acting like those guys, like, we're acting like, for one, they come a dime a dozen. I think they're, I think, to get, because what you do need is just a, a, a good rim protector. You you need someone that you can actually trust defensively. Like, you, you, and I love Precious Achua, and I can understand the idea of, like, possibly him being the five. I don't know that he's proven it. I don't know that we've, like, seen him, because I, I get what you're saying. He did have moments where he looked good for the team last year. Sure. He's also had moments where he can't not not just like his limitations on the offensive end and what that how that can totally hamstring your team by playing him there because sometimes he looks like a zero level scorer (laughs) and like he didn't start this year kind of looking like he built on what he did last year but also defensively defensively is he a starting center I think that that's still a very fair question to have I don't know that he's 
proven definitively that he is. And I do think it takes a toll on these guys' bodies when they're constantly asked to play up a position. I, and I'm not saying like, Christian Wood is a starting center. What I'm just saying is, is like it. that is a look that they have not had available to them the entirety of this season. Like for the majority of the season, they have not had that look available to them. That did really well for them last season and made them a top defensive unit last season. They didn't. They do not. They have not had that fastball this season. Same way they have not had Gary Trent, who was also fairly like he was very he was pretty good defensively last season. From time to time, like he did play in good defensive units last season. It's not like he was a completely horrid. But this season, but this season, but this season, he struggled with injury. Even when he's been healthy, he's looked like a labored player out there. And he's not the type of player that sits out when injured just because he wants to trade per se. And maybe that is a conversation to be had. But again, my thing is like with Gary Trent Jr. is you have also seen underperformance there. So I think the Raptors across the board have had underperformance in their system. I do think that their defensive system misses one key component, which is they just don't have a backline center. And I think it matters more about role than rather just worrying about, no, we need to have a starting center or no, we need Here's to have thing. this. I don't, piece. I don't care if I don't like, I think, I think my idea of like why I'm focusing in on the, the term starting center is one the Raptors clearly want to start someone at the five because they keep throwing Christian Coloco out there. So like they, they do want someone to start there because I don't know that it can continuously be Thaddeus Young or Christian Coloco. So that's number one of why I keep using the word starting. Well, like a starting level center could be anything from Joel Embiid to uh, Kevon Looney, which is like, like that's your range, right? Which is what I'm saying is like, Again, like was he not great in the finals last year? I'm saying he was great, but Kevon Lee in the finals was playing what 20, just like a Kevon Lee, 25, 30 minutes. But but it's it's a it's he plays a he plays a very specific role. Sure, like it's not like he has a he he does not have an offensive skill set. He's like an okay passer. He's a decent passer. I understand that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is the role that he's filling. Right, the same way that Clint Capella fills a role when Clint Capella was playing his best seasons, he was. Literally just doing his yeah. one role at an elite level, yeah. which is why when we get to trade targets, and again, Jakob Pertl is a name that comes up a lot, and people say, how's Jakob Pertl going to help our team? How is he going to help our half-court offense? And it's like, well, I think Jakob Pertl could help a lot because he solves a lot of your defensive issues. Yeah, He clears it up, and okay, he let's is talk a good passer on let's, offense. Let's talk right? about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So we've passed the December 15th mark, and that kind of usually marks when trade season begins. Of course, teams can make trades prior to that. But now, guys who signed in the offseason – can be traded. So we're looking at like 95%, 99% of the league is available to be traded at this point. So the Raptors should be making calls right now. I think that like this team needs a shakeup. I would be surprised if the Raptors did not make a trade before the trade deadline. I'm saying that now. I think it's more likely they make a move than stand pat. That's my personal opinion because I think a center is needed. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't I don't think we disagree on that. I 100% think yeah. like I would very much like them to get a backline defensive center of some kind, right? Yaka Whether Pertl. it's a Yaka Pertle, it doesn't necessarily have to be a Miles Turner that does everything. I don't everything, want it to be se. a Miles Turner. Um, and like one of the reasons why I don't want it to be like someone at that high level of usage or like that needs to be a starter is because I think the way that the Raptors play and the center possession in general is a position where like, unless you're the elite of the elite, the center position is a like it is a specific it's, level. it's it's basically a role player level thing right like look at the Celtics they have Al Horford who mans it most of the time otherwise it's Rob Williams but they only they're not playing like crazy minutes either like they'll play 25 to 28 minutes each so 
and they play very specific roles, right? Like mm-hmm. they aren't Joel Embiid's, they aren't Nikola Jokic's, right? Which are great players to have, but you have to be like elite elite for me to commit that much salary to that spot. Yeah, I agree. Uh, which is why I think like a Yaka Pertl, who's again, like open to a contract is young, uh, youngish matches your team and is very good at the role that he does at a very high level is a great person to go for and is eminently gettable, right? Uh, Spurs, please, San Antonio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And the other piece, the other piece I think that the Raptors do need, like when you are healthy, even when you are healthy, they've very made it, they made it clear they they want Gary Trent Jr. to now be a bench piece. They don't see that as being a starting line of piece, right? They don't want the starters to be OG, uh, Scotty, and Pascal, none of them playing the five. So they want to have a real five there. That's fine. If that's going to be the case and Gary Trent Jr. is now going to be a $17.5 million piece coming off the bench, you have to kind of wonder, okay, well, who is when like you run your lineups and Gary Trent Jr. comes in, who is he coming instead for? You have all of these six, eight, six, nine small forwards and forwards on your bench, Boucher, Precious, Thad, Otto Porter, who can sub in for uh, Scotty, Pascal, and OG. Gary Trent Jr. is effectively a role into himself. He's just a shooting guard. Like he is very much a specialist shooter who has the ability to create um, a shot for just himself, um, usually only from three or from the mid range. You don't have a backup for Fred VanVleet, and you don't. And the thing that Fred VanVleet brings you, and I know a lot of people say, "Well, the backup for Fred VanVleet is Pascal or Scotty," which I agree with. They're primary ball handlers. They're going to create on ball when Fred VanVleet sits. But I think one thing that people overlook is in your offense, you need to have uh, a downhill threat. You need to have some some sort of like uh, penetration and penetration, like as good as Scotty or Pascal might be with being able to handle the ball, create some stuff just because of their size compared to a guard size player. They're going to be less likely to be able to hit the gaps and create like downhill penetration that's why you see like especially against the raptors they play all these bigger guys but it's so hard to contain these guards because they are able to use their speed use their angles and cut through the gaps Don't to remind get in the- me i'm getting over right? the Kyrie game but again like and that's the flip we've seen fred van vliet do a great job of it the last few games where he's been hitting the paint constantly 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 and he's been finishing at a really good clip too which you see fred van vliet starting to get a little bit healthier He's playing really great basketball. You don't have two games of 39 points back to back at like 60% shooting uh, or 60% true shooting and hitting the free throw line, like double digits uh, without, you know, being kind of good at what you do. And (laughs) 
Still for doing that for 20 million is great, but you do need a backup for him. You can't be playing Fred Van Vliet 40 minutes. You see the toll it takes on him. And if he's your shooter, you can't have your shooters playing 40 minutes because again, at... shooting comes down to legs. So I think Gary Trent Jr. not being able to sub in for Fred Van Vliet because he's not, he has zero of those abilities. He's not a replacement for Fred yeah. Van Vliet. I think they're better. I think the Raptors, if they get a backline defender, if this is what they're going to go with, and that $17.5 million salary slot is going to be a bench piece. I think they might be better off trying to find some sort of combo guard, some side of guard that can provide you some shooting, but can also give you some downhill penetration, which is something they look for in the offseason. Like we heard the reports of Malcolm Brogdon basically have a choice between the Raptors and Celtics and him choosing the Celtics. Makes sense. They went to the finals. But Malcolm Brogdon is the exact type of guard that you would discuss if you were looking for somebody to back up Fred VanVleet, right? And there might be a couple names out there. I don't really know who's available. Uh, I think one name potentially like it's a really lazy name to think of and there's obvious flaws to it, but Jordan Clarkson is someone who's same salary chart can give you some catch and shoot three point shooting, but also gives you a downhill uh, downhill threat. Uh, But defensively, you don't really know about it. Right. But if Gary Trent's only going to be playing 24 minutes, right. And you're looking to replace him with a 24 minute guy. uh, Gary Trent Jr. is definitely overqualified to be a 24 minute guy. Uh, I think his best value is having a higher usage and getting more shots up. And the Raptors can definitely afford to go with a lower usage guy in his slot and move that usage over to a Scotty, to a Pascal, to an OG who want it. Right. So that's also the issue that uh, you discussed with trying to go for like a Miles Turner is like you're bringing another higher usage guy in. Yeah, that's to what I was going to say. A group where it's like you have a bunch of young guys who want more usage, right? You want more usage for your uh, forwards. So I think moving Gary Trent Jr should probably be a key to look for, mm-hmm. especially if the team is kind of like in this, like if he spot as it is, uh, I think trying to move him before the deadline to just get us, get a piece that better fits what you're going to use him for. Right. If he's coming off the bench, move him for a better bench guard or a better fitting bench guard for the role that you're giving. If you have 25 minutes for a bench guard, we'll get one that can better fit your team. All right. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. I, you hit the gambit on both. I was going to sort of break it up there, but we, we got it. So the Raptors need, uh, I guess, to, to sort of sum that up, the Raptors need uh, a center. And it shouldn't be a Miles Turner because, I mean, we already have reports about OG wanting a bigger role while we're bringing a, a high usage five to the team. It doesn't make the most sense. Uh, Jakob Pertle is the perfect get. The, the Spurs theoretically want to pick multiple i'm like i'm like you guys want a first and a second i mean the raptors picks look to be pretty good right now um could that be enough to to pull um to pull yaka away i think you know the the warriors were rumored to be interested in him but now with second curry out i don't know what their sort of long-term outlook is for their team and what their plans uh, are doing really are yaka fits perfectly and in terms of a scoring guard i completely agree with you i mean it seems as though gary's kind of you know, there was a lot of talk before the season started about Gary Trent Jr. and Fred Van Vliet, and I think, I think Fred Van Vliet's long for this team. Now, I, I know some people might not love to hear that. Just scored thirty nine points for you in back to back games. Get over it, guys. Uh, he's really, really, really good, and is important to what this team does. And it looks as though Gary Trent Jr. has fallen out of the the Raptors lineup or rotation. And I think like. I know Norm got hurt, but like, could we just be like, can we have Yaka Pertle and Norm Powell back and just like run back 2016? <laughs> like, um, I guess Yak wasn't here in 2016, but yeah. you know, the years 2017, whatever it was. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that could be the case, but I do think the Raptors are going to be making moves. Do you, would you agree with me and say, 
more than likely the Raptors are going to be making moves. And do you think that they're going to go for one of the two? Or do you think that we could be like, I mean, it doesn't matter about the price, but it looks like Gary's probably not here for the long haul. And I don't know that the Raptors are ready to lose him for nothing. Yeah, I think, well, with Gary Trent Jr. again, like a lot of his, a lot of the teams that would be looking to get him this summer, like they might not have the cap space and maybe the situations that he wants to go through might not have the, have the cap space. So there's still like sign trade opportunities with Gary Trent yeah. Jr. in the summer. Uh, so I, I think it comes down. I think the Raptors definitely make one move because there's just no way that like you get, you keep going through this season and you like, you can't sit still. You definitely can't sit still. You either have to decide that, Hey, we don't actually believe in this team at all. And we're going to go into a long, long haul tank, which I don't think is the case because I don't think this team, I don't think this team even entertains um, some of the trades that they did this summer. If they thought that, I don't think the way that Pascal Siakam has come out this season and proven himself and established himself as an all NBA guy, like just bar none, like the guy came out and before that groin injury, like top 10 top conversation five. was easy for him, right? Top five on the brink of top five. Like he's in that conversation. We didn't say it. Zach Lowe right? said top five. And then you have OG Ananobi. Ananobi is 25 years old and like, yeah, maybe his best, he might be a second or third option on a team. But again, the Raptors are built so that they are expecting oh no, to have a second or third a, option. They're expecting Scotty to be a first or second option on the team in in the coming years, right? You're expecting Pascal Siakam to remain the first or second option on this team. So OG Ananobi is prime position in that piece. And then you have Fred Van Vliet, who you have seen play every single position around every single. Like he was probably the healthiest out of the bunch last season in terms of availability. You've seen him play beside Pascal at his peak. You've seen him play beside OG Ananobi as a number one option. You've seen him play beside Scotty Barnes as a number one or number two option throughout last season when everybody else was hurt. And he's been successful around all of them. He's been able to find his role. And I think like he might get some backlash now because like, oh, he has to take over the offense. But literally the whole team's injured. They are asking also, somebody like, to take some usage on. And he's doing a good job with it. And he's, like, he's- Keeping I'll his team afloat. You. I'm so sorry. They would they would have lost every single game by like 45 points if they didn't have Fred Van Vliet there. And here's the thing. Yeah, we want Fred to be off ball, but that's going to require continued growth from Scotty Barnes. Like that's what that's what the next step is. Is like yes, ideally, ideally, yeah, ideally you get a backup for him. Like ideally you're not running him into the ground. Ideally you're having someone who the like I was going through the numbers today. Scotty at point guard. Um, I was on cleaning glass. Scotty at point guard with Fred Van Vliet off the court is a minus 11 net rating for the Raptors. Like Delano Banton on the court with Fred Van Vliet out, worst net rating on the team. Like Malachi Flynn without Fred Van Vliet on the court. Also, it's like all negative net ratings. And like this team is definitely struggling and he can't continue to play 38, 39 minutes a game. It's clearly affecting him. And we saw what it does uh, we saw what it does in the second half of the season is a very similar thing to Kyle Lowry in years past. We saw that like higher usage for Kyle was not conducive to playoff success because he's going to need his legs. That's what older, smaller guards need. And so to me, the way that I sort of, uh, the way that I look at this is like the idea, because you brought it up, the idea to tank. There's a lot of people bringing that up. It's like, Nah, don't make a trade to get better. Make a trade to get worse. Victor Wembanyama, you know, like go all in. And first of all, you can have the worst record in the league, and still your chance to get Victor Wembanyama is like fourteen percent. Like you have an eighty-six percent chance to not get Victor Wembanyama despite losing every single game this season. So it's just—it's not a winning bet. It's not a surefire bet. And also, if your plan is to tank, if your plan is to lose. 
think you have to say goodbye to Pascal Siakam. And if you're saying goodbye to Pascal Siakam in your in your in his prime, basically you're saying, I hope I can get someone who can be as good as someone who was at one point a all-NBA player, a multiple-time all-NBA player. And I think what we do with Pascal Siakam is because he was a 27th overall pick, we kind of don't value him as like a top three pick, which like in his draft class, name a player that has more all-NBA nods, name a player that has more all-star nods, name a player who has championships. You can't do it. It's him. He is the best player and the most decorated player of his draft class. He should be viewed as that sort of number one guy that you can get from from a from a draft and he's not and I think it's because of where he was drafted and so this idea that you need a number one pick you need that shiny piece is not going to really work well it doesn't make sense like Jalen Green is shooting like he's averaging nearly as many turnovers as he has assists it takes time to develop and to grow these guys and that's not a knock on Jalen Green not a knock on Jalen Suggs let's talk about anybody who was in that Scotty draft class you know Kate Cunningham is hurt it takes a lot for guys to and the thing is, like, people will right say, away. like, again, like, you have these young guys that grow, like, you did the one-year tank, you got Scotty Barnes, you trust that he's going to be a generational player, and he's going to grow into that. And to think that the only way these players can grow into those roles is to be on crappy teams where they get but every single position. Point. That's my it's point. Not, it's it's not, not a way to go about that's, it. But, like, that's exactly my point. And we, for one, we've seen that because we watched Pascal Siakam become this, and he did not get – that's not like that wasn't Pascal's role. Yes, he got to spend time in the G League, which top five picks don't normally do, and I don't really quite understand that. But, sure, I guess that that is sort of the way that the NBA works, unless you're James Wiseman. Um, but to me, it's just like – what is your idea if your plan is to lose? It's to say goodbye to your defensive level, uh, DPOY level uh, wing. It's to say goodbye to your all-star guard. It's to say goodbye to your all-NBA forward because your plan is to go into the tank. And here's the thing, in order to get the guys of the Jalen Greens and the Cade Cunninghams and the Scotty Barnes level, you have to be really, really bad. And so you're going to want to be bad for multiple and multiple years. Otherwise, what are you building around Scotty? How are you going to get the Pascals and the Freds and everybody else that you need around Scotty Barnes? It's just, it doesn't make sense as a winning formula. It does not make sense. But what does is something the Raptors have done in the past, which is, continue to improve on what they have the way that I look at this is like yeah it sucks to lose six straight or five straight it's gonna be six I'm predicting the loss tomorrow but um it sucks to lose that many games in a row but if you're if you were never going to win a championship this season then I think it's okay to say all right we're losing these games because something is flawed here in our roster makeup something is flawed here in what we're doing what are the holes that we need to fill? And I think that that's where the Raptors are at currently. They're seeing some of the, they're seeing the flaws in their, in their construction. They're seeing the flaws in what this team is. And now's the time to build and improve. It's very similar to Kyle Lowry asking for something to be done and getting Serge Ibaka. It's very similar to the Raptors saying, okay, this team has failed with DeMar DeRozan here. Let's make a move for Kawhi Leonard. You need to have some of these moments in order to make the move to take you to where you want to be. And right now, you know, you have a really good point guard in Fred Van Vliet. You have an all NBA forward in Pascal Siakam. You have a defensive player of the year level uh, wing in OG Ananobi. And you have Scotty Barnes who continues to get better and better and better. You have four really, really good pieces, and that's not talking about anybody else on the team. Grow and build because there's clearly some holes. You talked about it. I talked about it. The whole number one, in my opinion, 
is someone who can be the back line of your defense, is someone who can allow you to play a versatile level, uh, a style of basketball, so it's not just Vision 6-9. I know you don't agree with my last point, but that's what I see. And I think you do need a scoring guard. I think you do need someone who can be your backup point guard when uh, Scotty is, is sort of learning and growing into the position and the role that he is, but also, like, Fred VanVleet is not taking away your moments, your minutes, or your possessions from Scotty because ideally he is your shooting guard. Ideally, and we saw it. Okay, I just want to make one point here. I want to make one point on this. It is so stupid when people say, oh, uh, Fred VanVleet's playing so Scotty doesn't get enough on-ball touches. That They they basically can only be one on-ball creator on the floor at any given time, which is so stupid because we see this, like, play out with Luka Doncic in Dallas, where he is the only dude able to create on ball, and they are begging to get literally anybody else. You need else multiple to help creators. Him, right? You need, you need to have multi- multiple playmakers. Every single good team has multiple playmakers on the floor, and as soon as they lose it, even the Bucks, they lost Chris Middleton for a series, they and suddenly it became so crap. Giannis Antetokounmpo is really the only guy who can actually playmake for us. Like Drew Alde can do a bit too, but like again, Drew Alde is limited, and he's playing a ton of defense for you. Guys, need to every be able single to team for themselves you need to have and multiple for others having <laughs> multiple playmakers is not a bad thing if anything like we've seen the raptors have success for years because they had two point guard lineups where Kyle it's like Lowry and hey, you take the role for a little bit i take the role for a little bit because it is exhausting being the playmaker for every single possession especially with how many possessions teams are playing now how fast paced those possessions are like luka Doncic is an alien and you see him exhausted you saw james harden who was like had to be in like ridiculous like his stamina had to be ridiculous to be able to play the amount of minutes he did in Houston and, and playoffs him every year. Yeah. And like you, just, and the most successful year that he really had was when they had another playmaker beside him with Chris Paul, right? Even with Devin Booker, who's a number one in Phoenix, then he has a point guard beside him to take some of the load off him. Right. So I think it's ridiculous. It's like, Oh no, Scotty needs to get more reps. Yes. He needs to get more reps, but there are more than enough reps available in the game. And he gets a ton of touches. He does not get any. It's not like he's not top three, top four in touches every single game, like right up there tied with everybody else. And usually the way the Raptors system work is whoever's hot, whoever's the hot hand gets the most touches. Uh, and then as a big, the Raptors have a system where it's, you get a rebound, you get the touch, you go with it. So I definitely think that there are improvements that can be made to the roster. I agree with you. Uh, I just wanted to make that one point. Because no, I completely feels agree with like that. The idea that you need become... one person to... Yeah. I think that, like, yes, we. I, I think everybody would love Fred Van Vliet to be on ball less. Um, but I think right now, what this team really requires is for Fred... Like, we needed every moment and every minute of Fred Van Vliet, and still it was not good enough. And I'll, I'll ask you a question <laughs> about Fred Van Vliet. I guess it would be the final question to ask yeah. you. So, Gary Trent Jr. is up for his contract. Fred Van Vliet has a player option. Mm-hmm. A lot of people concerned. Hey, Fred turned down his extension, which would have been a four one fourteen. He's definitely looking for a big contract. He's up for a potential to get a max that's like huge, right? Are you a little bit worried about potentially Fred VanVleet making that much money next season? Um, and that being on the books, um, should we be trading Fred VanVleet? I personally don't agree. But uh, what are your thoughts on Fred VanVleet and what you think is going to probably play out with him? I, I, I talked about this earlier for Yahoo Sports Canada, which is one thing that the Raptors don't do is overpay for their guys, right? Like they were willing to let Sergi Baca and Marcus Sol walk. They were willing to let Kyle Lowry walk because they didn't want to be the team to pay him that next contract. I think if Fred Van Vliet comes into a contract that the Raptors are not comfortable giving him or offering him, then no, I don't think that he stays. However, I don't see another team out there that'd be willing to pay Fred Van Vliet 
that kind of money. And you said it right now, he's what making like $20 million a year. <laughs> he just averaged 30. He just had back to back 39 point games, right? Like he is for his contract level, his production far outweighs that or far exceeds that. And I think Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have been very like pragmatic and very practical and have not overspent on anybody. Why the Raptors are in such a good position is because they have no bad contracts on the book on the books. And I think that that continues. And Fred Van Vliet, I don't know that they're like, it's, it's very similar to Kyle Lowry 2017, where Kyle very much wanted to go to greener pastures. And I don't know that Fred Van Vliet wants that. I think Fred Van Vliet recognizes he he's got a great thing going here, but Kyle did want to leave. Like, let's be completely honest with ourselves. And the Spurs were not interested in paying him that money. I think Dallas or whoever else was not interested in paying him that money. And so he returned to Toronto on a team-friendly deal and uh, on a deal that he could, well, he got paid what he was deserved. I think the Raptors were were generous with him and gave him more than anything. But it was an undermatched deal. Like he could have, I oh, think, for sure. made, for sure. I think he could have made like 3 110 or 3 115 or something like he that. He ended up with like 390. As much as he could have. Yeah. He, he ended up with 390 with like 10 million in bonuses. But it was right? more Which than is... anybody else was willing to give him. And I think we're sort of, what was he, 30 years and old? Even, and even going back, Fred is right now. Fred is going to be. And 29. even going back before Kyle, DeMar DeRozan was up for a max five year deal. And he did not sign a max five year deal, even though he was like the hometown guy. He was like the face of the franchise. That's what like that's how he was being sold. And Masai was even then he was like, "Hey, we value you a lot. We're going to give you a really big contract. It's not going to be a max contract, bro." A lot of people are talking about, "Well, does Fred VanVleet fit with this team? Can he be on this team when you are?" Going- yes, yes, he can. Because here's the thing, Fred VanVleet. Is supposed to be your shooting guard. Fred Van Vliet, here's the thing. Fred Van Vliet at his best, and we've seen that. It's Fred off ball. So, like, yes, we want the continued growth of Scotty, but we do need other creators. You need somebody who can create for others. You need playmakers on the court at all times. So, like, that doesn't hurt. But Fred Van Vliet is sort of very similar into, like, that Kyle Lowry Fred Van Vliet where he played the two guard quite often. He was off ball more often than not. He's your best catch and shoot guy. <laughs> You need floor spacing. You need what he brings. And so to me, I I think that like he fits in with this team. He's got great, uh, he's got great chemistry with Pascal Siakam. We know that the Pascal Siakam Fred Van Vliet and Virgil pick and roll is a bucket nearly every single time. We know that he's your best catch and shoot guy. We also know that this team needs pull-up shooting and he is your far and away your best pull-up shooter. So I think what he offers and what this team needs, Fred Van Vliet fits. And I don't know that he's more valuable off this team or to other teams than he is to the Toronto Raptors. And for that reason, I think he probably stays with the Raptors. And I think he stays on a deal that both he and Masai can feel comfortable with. That's everything for me. Did you have anything to add? <laughs> uh, nope, not at all. I think that's pretty much all you can kind of say about the Raptors going to. We uh, found we months, found but... a way to talk about this team and not just start bawling for 30 minutes. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us. Hopefully we're talking about some positive stuff next week. And have a great day, everybody. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, guys. We're talking Toronto Raptors. Great. Bye.